0: From Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's the week of September 9th, 2011, and this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the lovely Maya Strang.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: To her left, Josh, Louie and Loveless. Hey, people. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, the one and only Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snabers. Hello, friends. We have great podcasts in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, we uh, talk to artist Matt Kearney, not Kearney. Not Kearney. Not Kearney. Matt not Kearney. Matt Keanu
3: Reeves is on the podcast.
1: Yes. <laughs> he has a new album out, uh, so we talked to him. And up later, we talked to Ibu Patel, an interesting guy, um, who's part of the President's Advisory Council on Faith-Based Neighborhood Partnerships. Uh, we talked to him about the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. He's actually a Muslim American, hmm. and uh, it's an interesting conversation. So stay tuned for that. But our first-year entertainment releases, uh, music coming out in stores on Tuesday, September 13th. Saint Vincent with
0: the highly anticipated Strange Mercy, I cannot get enough of it. You remember, like two months ago, washed out, couldn't get enough of it. Saint, Saint Vincent, not get enough. On. I'm not kidding. It's so good. It's like accessible Bjork.
1: What? Yeah, hmm.
0: it's delicious. Hmm. <laughs> it sounds like you're talking
1: about Eat actual it. pork or something. <laughs> you know? Well,
0: accessible pork, tofu, <laughs> it's delicious. Tofu. Yeah, thank you. So I was just
4: picturing Bjork dressed in something from Banana Republic.
0: <laughs> the new Mad Men line from Banana Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Something accessible. Something that makes sense. Mainstream. Something that fits in. It's a great record. Speaking of pork, I'm really excited. We have a big uh, meat house opening up down the block. Have it's you seen a that? A meat house? No. Yeah. Is, I, it, is that like a, literally a Turkish bathroom. house for it's for called. Orlando? It's called the Meat House.
0: It's a huge butcher shop. Yeah. Are you it's, sure
3: it's not IHOM? I don't know what that yeah.
0: National House of Meat. <laughs> I was like,
1: what? Oh, there's an IHOM coming to your neighborhood. Yeah. No, no, it's called the Meat House. It's this huge... I, I, I'm i assuming Lee Corso's an investor. Oh, of course. I'm assuming. Is. Of course. But, what uh, if
3: he's the only person that works there <laughs> and he's always wearing like a bloody butcher outfit?
1: <laughs> it's this huge, huge facility. It's called the House of Meat. It's on our block right past Winter Park Fish Company. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. 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 The vegans and vegetarians on staff are very excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait to go. Yeah. Um, are we going
4: to use them for a meet and greet here? Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. Office? I literally, I we're
1: going to do a meet and greet, uh, M-E-A-T, a meet and greet uh, open house this right. fall for our, our new office, our new studio will be done by then. I think the meat house should cater it. <laughs> I think they should do that for free. I mean, it's in the name. It's in the name. Yeah. And we'll call it the yeah. meet and greet, and we'll just set up a bunch of grills everywhere and promote the meat house. right. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a block party. We should just do a whole block party. The Vespa just you store, and the meat house. no, no, the Vespa store can the give the people fish, rides fish house, up and down place. the block. The fish place could set up like a bobbing for fish type thing. What about the dog? Food the dog place food, food place yeah. next door. There's a dog food. I thought it was a dog boutique. It's it a dog is. boutique with like fifty dollar dog food bags and stuff. No, it's uh, they're not invited. You. They're not okay. They're, they're not invited. Good. Everybody's invited on the block, <laughs> but except
4: for the dog yeah. they're and, people. They're gonna be
0: in there looking out the window. And, or, and everyone yeah. that comes to this meet and greet gets to park in their parking
4: spaces.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone from the from the dog store like wanders out, you get up right in their face and you let them know they are not invited
4: to this. It's <laughs> amazing.
1: Actually, you know, for real, we'll do a meet and greet this uh, fall. So if people want to plan their uh, fall breaks or fall vacations around our meet and greet. We'll, we'll try and set up the dates. Probably late October. Laura Marlo- <laughs> Come on
2: down. We haven't even pl- actually planned anything. It's going to happen.
1: We're going to have a block party with <laughs> the meat and house and the Vespa store. And not the dog people, and the fish company, and the fish company they because can come I can out. eat some. So,
3: of that. So, wait, so the fish company is a fish food place, not like an aquarium store. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Because I wasn't sure. It's, it's a s- restaurant.
1: It's a strange street. When the, you say the we we fish place, yeah, it's a restaurant. And, and directly across the street from our our new office is the Rollins College baseball stadium. So maybe we could have a little, you know, pitch and catch going on. We could
0: Do like home run derby with like wiffle ball home run derby.
1: There's that sandwich cookie place. There's the cookie oh, store. It's so good. Oh, cookies. the cookies. Wait, so sandwiches
3: and cookies. Yes. Yeah. or cookie sandwiches? <laughs>
1: Both.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. There's a yoga store or a, a yoga right. Uh, studio right. right there. So we so could we roll could out do, some mats in the street. Yeah, do kinda, yoga yeah. on the street. A little
1: class or something. A yoga class. It's going to be a good party. It's a great little block, Jesse. You should come down and visit us. You should come to the hey, meet. I, and I greet. would love come to, to come to the come
3: meet, meet and greet. <laughs> Autographed <laughs> by Jesse it's, Carey. It's BYOM, too. It's
1: not BYOM, though. You can't because you have to support the meat house. Yeah, that's true. So we would supply the meat. Okay, Laura Marling's coming out with a creature I don't know. The Kooks with Junk of the Heart.
0: The Kooks. They're going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. The Kooks. Awesome. We talked to them. It's a great record, too. I listened to it the other day. Awesome.
1: Blind Pilot with We Are the Tide. Oh, gosh. Terrifying. Jeez. Uh, Blitzen Trapper is finally coming out with a new one. American Gold Wing. Gold Wing's a motorcycle, right? I think so. I
3: think so. It's a Honda, though. It's actually a Japanese motorcycle. So, so it's
1: not an American Gold Wing. It's a Japanese Gold Wing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, girls is coming out with Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Hey. I thought it was a Christian album, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. It's not. No, because it's from <laughs> Girls. You're right. Uh, Mates of State is coming out with Mountaintops. Uh, Anthrax. Anthrax is coming out with
0: worship music. I don't think it's a worship album. You mean devil worship music? I mean, this just makes what sense. Kind of I mean,
4: it was like, uh, what's his name? Brian Welch. Bass player. Head, f- head, head. Head Welch. Head Welch. From Corn. Which sounds very painful to have a head Alice welch. Cooper became a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. One by one, the great metal acts of our generation are bowing their head, bending their knee. To Jesus Christ, bowing their head. Welch, yeah. I'm to. just, I'm, I'm just, I'm not making fun of this. So I'm Anthrax
1: saying, is coming out with worship music. So you're actually thinking that it's worship music? I'm
4: saying like the he- Tomlin covers. Heaven is crashing into earth like a sloppy Tomlin wet kiss. Tomlin covers right now, and Anthrax is it's, just another fallen victim
1: to the kingdom of God. And <laughs> Anthrax is writing, writing the. Uh soundtrack
0: this is no joke i have an instrumental song by anthrax on my itunes and it has a parental advisory sticker on it
3: (laughs) just the the instrumental is so intense that
4: children are not allowed to legally own it that's amazing
1: uh movies coming out on friday september 16th drive starring ryan gosling and carrie mulligan it's uh the plot is a combination of uh the transporter uh, speed 60 seconds or less and fast
4: anything and, with Ryan the fast, and, and fast and Furious. Anything with
2: Ryan Gosling. You know what? Here. I I'll have see.
4: to join a hundred percent of our ladies listening audience and agree anything that Ryan Gosling's in, I'm gonna see. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's it phenomenal It doesn't matter if it's action, it doesn't matter if it's a romantic Dramedy. It doesn't matter
3: if it's repeat viewings of The Notebook on a lonely night by myself. I don't care.
1: (laughs) I'm a fan. I've never seen The Notebook, but I've liked the other stuff he's been in. Uh, Also coming out, Straw Dogs, uh, starring Kate Bosworth and James Woods. Uh, I don't know how she does it. Coming out, starring Sarah Mm -hmm. Jessica Parker. Okay, Maya, you're a working woman. Yeah. How do you feel about this film?
2: I think it looks dumb. Really? And I think they should have cast someone else other than yeah, her. Yeah,
1: she's Carrie from Sex and the City. She's mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. can't...
2: She just... Nah. I don't know I don't how, even think of her from that. I just don't think she should have been in this.
1: I don't know how she does it. Okay. I don't know how she does it either. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. I Love, I love, love
5: the song
1: You're listening to Husky Rescue. It's a bunch of chubby fourth graders who <laughs> save people from falling into holes and stuff. I feel like any time
4: I've rescued someone, there's been someone kind of from afar looking back and just saying, oh, I was a Husky Rescue. I,
1: when I was in fourth grade, I had to wear Husky jeans. Okay. Really? Same hair. From Sears. You did not. No, I was, I was a Husky You, you boy. had the
3: elastic waist oh, yeah. Husky Bugle
1: Boys. No, they weren't Husky Bugle Boys. It was Husky brand jeans from Sears. So hold on. Did they, sell they were f- corduroy. Did they sell female
4: Husky? I don't know. Big don't bone, know. big bone. Was that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think Plus, I had that. I they, had call that. Them, they call them apple bottom jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had that hip hop album in the '90s from Big Bone. Big Bone. Yeah. I didn't. Big uh, Bones and Harmony. I, I didn't. I didn't have the uh,
1: the denim. <laughs> yeah. Plus,
4: Ladies, jeans.
2: feel free to write in and so, yell at the guys. I'm, just, so, asking, so I'm Hus- just asking. Husky
3: actually was a size.
1: Yeah. No, it's a brand like that was geared a little looser in the thigh and a little. The corduroy didn't rub together quite so loud in your inner thighs. <laughs> and, uh, it was a thinner corduroy was, in the thigh. I Just
4: in that yeah. area. Off with
3: like a, a, a name that, that's a little more dignified for the person that's wearing and buying them.
1: Well, you know, on the back, uh, when you're wearing your jeans, you know, you got that big label that says Levi's or whatever. Mm. On the Husky brand jeans, a huge Husky on that's it. It's amazing. It was like, it's like a like license plate that says fat kid coming through as if you (laughs) You like i have a
0: weight problem it's like the scarlet letter yeah
1: but but you know like but but now people who were now they've formed you know uh groups and they go out and rescue people and they do good for this for society they make incredible music they really do husky rescue sound of love that's what you're listening to uh it's playing right now on relevant fm at the beginning of the podcast you heard one of my favorite groups uh the hawk in paris it's a new group uh the song is the new hello uh, which is playing right now on Relevant FM. But more importantly, uh, this debut EP is streaming right now on the drop at relevantmagazine.com for the next couple weeks. It's um, it's I think it's a groundbreaking work. It's it's like if M83 and the Naked and Famous kind of di- wrote about love. It's mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Um, it's actually a new project that Dan Hasseltine from Jars of Clay is part of. So the group is called the Hawk in Paris, and. Either next week or the week after or here on the podcast, we, uh, we'll get to know them a little better and have them on the show. But uh, if you want to go check out the EP, The Hawk and Paris, it's streaming at relevantmagazine.com on the drop right now. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, I'm picking right back up where we've left
3: off uh, the last two weeks. And that is the ninja beat mm-hmm. that I've now dedicated myself to. Uh, so I think this is the third podcast in a row where sword wielding ninja is going to make an appearance.
1: You literally Maya's shaking your fist of fury at you because that was what she was going to bring. Slice. I mean Maya
3: and I just are on the same wavelength. I you get know? The the same, I, mean, I think we both have actually, this, the same amazing editorial intuition. <laughs> no,
4: I I actually think the same listener is emailing you both the same, <laughs> same slice. Actually, each
2: week. Uh, Trey Bledsoe mail emailed that to me. Ah, nice. It, as have many other. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. You guys have given me the rep of not being prepared for the podcast. I'm sorry. It all started
4: because Chad started helping you out. We once did not or twice. Just being a good friend, guys. Okay. yeah. If Cameron,
3: you had come prepared Cameron,
2: every
3: week, Cameron, don't, don't. If even you, do if, it, if you, no, no. To my oh. defense, <laughs> I think Yikes. I one day took two slices you from did. her. That's true. It's like when you're in like a fantasy football draft and you have like guys in your queue yeah. that are like big time reaches that you're like, mm-hmm. dude, no one's gonna take Mark Ingram in the sixth. Right. Of and course. then all of a sudden he's gone and yeah. you see that another dude took him right four before before picks ahead. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I like we'll be sitting at the house and she'll be checking Facebook on her phone. And she'll be like, What? And like, cause yet another listener posted a slice on her Facebook page going in case you don't have any this week.
2: So you can be prepared. <laughs> and, now, another, and now I'm not prepared.
1: Another
3: email. No, no. Them well, to I her. will say this. I saw two, uh, uh, sword wielding stories. One of them was a little older that a guy actually posted on my Facebook wall that, uh, a, a YouTube video accompanies, which maybe Chad, I can send that along to you if, if you feel inclined to post a link. Um, but this is a different one. So, Maybe Maya, we actually have two different sword slices. Does
2: yours take place in Indiana?
3: Yes, <laughs> in the middle of a busy highway. Yeah. But, yep. s-
1: but still, these could be two different stories.
3: Totally we are,
4: we are
1: talking about Indiana.
4: That's right. That's <laughs> yes. right.
3: We are talking about the Indiana highway. <laughs> I'm not right, convinced right.
4: it's the same. Jesse, carry on. Yeah. Carry okay.
3: On. So, um, as you know, uh, I think it was two weeks ago that we talked about police having to come to an elementary school. Uh, to uh, apprehend a ninja... Christian school, who, no less. Yeah, a Christian uh, uh, elementary school to apprehend a ninja who was uh, training on the playground uh, at sunrise so as the children were arriving at school. And I think they apprehended him in the crane pose. Yep, you're right. Meaning that he was about to strike at any second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Um, it's, it, it, you know, like when the cobra's about to pounce. Uh, and mm-hmm. then last week... Uh, it was the, 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 the sword-wielding cyclist who uh, was threatened by the presence of an unknown pedestrian in his neighborhood. Right This week, police in Indiana had to respond when they saw a man who appeared to be in his roughly in his 40s, was marching down the highway like a drum major. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that means uh, you know, kind of lifting his 35-inch samurai sword up and down, <laughs> uh, stopping traffic. One traffic, one car had crashed into the side of the highway because they were avoid hitting the samurai. Uh, he was wearing only plaid shorts. Um, so it's uh, an Abercrombie ninja, uh,
4: <laughs> which is the worst kind of Along it with is. the
1: slip-on shoes, um,
3: devilishly and, handsome
1: though, devilishly handsome.
3: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he uh, had great abs. Um, so police officers uh, came up to the man, and he actually tried to take a swing at the cops with the sword, oh. and then ran over to the car that had crashed and tried to jump into it. Um, but I don't think he's that good of a ninja because a real ninja would have either vanished into thin air or easily gotten to the car and <laughs> drove it away. Um, this ninja was quickly apprehended and told the officers that he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
1: I, I'm concerned about what's happening on the highways of Indiana because at the beginning of your your slice, you said that he was marching down the middle of the highway like... Like he's in a marching band, or like the head yes, of a marching correct. band. Yes, correct. So that's what they're used to have march down their highways. Right. Is the, yeah, yeah. the drum like major. That
3: wouldn't be so. Oh, it's like a drum major. Oh, a Wait drum minute. major. That's a yeah. huge samurai sword. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, if it was a drum major marching down the middle of the highway, not a big deal.
4: I, I mean, I don't think it's totally his fault. I think maybe the marching band got lost, and they were at some point behind him. And the whole thing is just a complete misunderstanding. Yeah. So he could be from a local well, that, that high school. That is until, uh,
3: uh, until he, he said that the reason he was doing it was he was cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs. <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be a huge surprise that police
4: found a large amount of marijuana on him. Ah, right. Just because it's on him doesn't mean he's used it yet. I mean, that is jumping to big conclusions, Jesse. He Carey. might be marching it over to his friend's house. That's right. It, or giving it away, or he's got to flush it down a well, yeah, toilet he,
3: he's he's going to safely dispose of yeah, it right. so Confiscated he armed it. himself because he did not feel safe carrying it yeah he's
4: he <laughs> found the, and tu- the highway
3: happened to be the safest way to the <laughs> incinerary or a, a wide open
4: going. public space yeah he found that the tuba players were using it he got was trying to get rid of it so.
3: as any good drum major would do if someone <laughs> in their band was using illegal yes. drugs, that's his responsibility he would, he would grab a sword uh-huh Forcibly take the marijuana and then run down the highway. He's like, I don't have, I'm not
4: dressed for this kind of uh, journey, but I'm I'm going to embark on it because this is what a good drummer drum. No, no. Knows. What he what he said
3: was, I'm going to throw away this marijuana. Who's with me? And assume the
1: band. And everybody's like, we're gonna stay here. I'm yeah, tired. It still
3: doesn't explain the cuckoo for cocoa Pops. Better.
1: But see, he wanted to let everybody know that he wasn't having any concealed weapons, so he took his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Right, and he was trying I to mean, safely it, dispose. It, it, it seemed like shirt. a rational decision. Yeah, time. so he's trying to safely dispose of the marijuana he confiscated from the tuba players. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> thinks thinks he's rallied the rest of the band <laughs> with his anti-drug message. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's as shocked as the police are when yeah. he finds out that he's marching alone down this side. Exactly.
4: Exactly.
1: And he was trying to say an anti drug message of, you don't need drugs. Right. Great cereals like yes. Cocoa Puffs. Right. Are yeah, all the you only need. drugs I need right. are Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. 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 I don't need or drugs. My sugar high of Cocoa yeah. Puffs. Yeah, I don't need drugs. I'm, this is I'm an cuckoo open, for Cocoa Puffs. This is an open and shut case, as Come far on, as I'm
4: kids. concerned.
3: I, I would say this is just one big hilarious misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think ninjas are often caught in misunderstandings yeah. because they're misunderstood. No ninjas
4: right. shouldn't ever be
1: caught, let alone caught in
4: a misunderstanding. I mean, that part is his fault. He should take responsibility for that for getting caught. Uh, for getting yeah, caught. ideally,
3: I think the problem with these ninjas in, that were in stories are in the last three weeks are that they were not even seen in the first place. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 call a spade a spade here. There are ninjas everywhere <laughs> in, in both the room that you guys are in and that I am in. There are probably, by my estimation, at least six ninjas (laughs) but the thing about ninjas you just don't see them you know right it's 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 these bad ones that are you
1: know ruining the good names of ninjas the rogue the rogue ninjas Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. oh boy oh my what do you have
2: um so there was uh this past week there was a uh, study done and the reports were 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 published um to see how much of a difference going to a christian school or public school makes and I really dislike the religious homeschool graduates because Josh yes. is one of them. Yes. <laughs> makes me laugh. Yes. Um, it's the, <laughs> just the idea
1: of your education
4: yeah, makes exactly. her laugh.
2: Yep. Wow. <laughs> um, religious homeschooled graduates are most likely to want to uh, get a well paying job. Mm-hmm. However, they are more likely to get divorced mm-hmm. and they feel helpless in dealing with life's problems. And they are least likely to want a job that helps others spend much time volunteering, or become involved in political campaigns.
4: Really? Now, d-
3: did, who, did, Josh didn't write this,
2: did he? <laughs> yeah, this is
4: uh, straight from the homeschooler's mouth.
2: I just thought this was strange.
4: Yeah, that is strange. I wouldn't
2: think that the majority, it was between the ages of 23 and 40, that that is what they would have found for.
4: It doesn't say anything about staying at home and living in your parents' basement for 40 years of your life and, no. um, and helping your mother bake every day. No. which is just what I would expect the, the research would show right but.
2: <laughs> uh, if you are a Catholic um, Catholic high school graduate you are most likely to earn really high incomes mm-hmm. and engage in political protest but mm-hmm. you are least likely to accept the authority of church leadership
4: hmm and most likely to have premarital sex mm. yeah that's a study that I did
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Josh has a lot of weird research that we probably
3: don't want to know about
4: yeah this research the, is uh, the,
3: the strangest fact out of all of those is home, the, the homeschool, Christian homeschool uh, former students are most likely to want a high paying job what category who are they asking that says as, would you like a high paying job nah
2: yeah
3: right <laughs> no I don't, I don't ever think I want
4: okay. that non homeschoolers I'm telling you we're a rare breed
2: Uh, The graduates of public school, which I am one, they uh, like to have a job that's uh, worthwhile to the society. They like to spend lots of time volunteering, but they are least likely to feel prepared for relationships or a vibrant religious spiritual life. Oh, wow. Just if you went to a conservative um, Christian school that you graduated from, Mm -hmm. um, you're most likely to have a large family to seek a job that fulfills a religious calling. See, I always thought that
1: large family would be the homeschool kids, Mm -hmm. like the Duggars.
4: Yeah. Yeah. What's large in America? More than two, two and a half kids, right?
2: Sure,
1: because you're above the average. Right. Yeah. I think that's the average.
2: Uh, you, you feel that you're prepared for relationships, but you're le- least likely to want a job that pays well. Hey, there you go, Jesse. So,
1: so if you
3: went to uh, a Christian high school, they, they say you, you probably don't want yeah, a high-paying job. You
2: don't.
1: That's interesting.
2: Maybe you want to be a pastor or something. So you don't think, you don't seek money, maybe. Yeah, but what about hmm. the
1: homeschool kids? Religious homeschool. You'd think that they'd be content just staying at home with all their litter. My Christian school in high school was
4: where the bad kids from public school got sent when they got kicked out of their public mm. school, yeah, my my
3: Christian school was a mix of those, and then we had like a really good baseball team, so that we had like a lot of like baseball players from the area. So it's kind of a, a
4: mix—a mix of bad kids and baseball players.
3: <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> which were really never the bad. same. Yeah,
4: which were never the same type of. Person. <laughs> which is essentially organized crime, <laughs> it's
1: racketeering.
2: So it's just interesting. I I don't know if I fully agree or
4: who did this research.
2: Christianity Today.
1: Okay. I think geographic location of the respondents is probably more telling than Mm -hmm. what school they went to, because I think Christian high schools or public high schools in the South would be different than the Northeast and the people will be very different. Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh, what do you have Josh? Um, in New Zealand, I know we have uh, a lot of podcast listeners, uh, way down there we got a handful yeah so uh this is more vocal minority well this is more of a PSA um you know public service announcement to the people in New Zealand um there's a woman on the loose in New Zealand (laughs) a loose woman only one there's a loose woman in in New Zealand and we need people to find out who she is uh no there's this woman that is literally homeschooled she's being she's the, the police in New Zealand are trying to track this woman down um because this woman was seen seen driving down the road um with a couple of kids in the back seat and yet she was breastfeeding her baby while she was no. driving
1: no
6: no <laughs>
4: and um i mean first of all uh someone had the guts to call 911 and say this is not okay. Second of all, the police are looking for this woman as if she's committed a crime. Third, she has. I need help understanding. How do you do that? What? Well, I I don't need to understand that. <laughs> I would like to know what crime are you
7: well,
4: are you, you breaking?
2: If you're driving You can't
3: ride with a baby
4: in your lap. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well that's fair. That's
3: the That's crime. It. That's the
4: crime.
2: That's
3: it. So, <laughs> well, it's I think I think it's called child endangerment.
4: Okay. Yeah, so she was pulling she was pulling like a a kind of a Britney Spears yes yeah. ish. That's well, illegal. Okay. All right. It, fair it was it
3: was like uh, a couple of weeks ago they had on the news this woman who was pulled over. It was in Florida, I think. Um and she had uh in the bed of her truck another woman with a stroller with a baby in it what What? (laughs) in the bed of the truck oh my gosh and i think she went to jail yeah
4: well they can't find this lady and we need our listeners in new zealand to keep an eye out for any any woman uh, breastfeeding um because that is as i've I've learned today (laughs) yeah (laughs) specifically ones that are driving (laughs) um you know we we need to you know as i've learned today we, we can't allow people to drive with babies on their lap of course yeah. not it's not okay I
1: can't believe you came into this thinking it's what's ludicrous. wrong with this I'm, this I'm, is, I'm just saying and, what, and, and,
4: what breastfeeding law are they breaking but uh, no breastfeeding it's law not, yeah. it's not a driving law I mean like you can you can text in most places while you drive even though Oprah doesn't like it um, but I just I didn't <laughs> holding know a child before. yeah that's different. you don't have it's to hold a year I mean it depends in New Zealand it could be, this could be an 8 year old <laughs> this could be a lap child homeschooled yeah Christmas probably show. homeschooled
1: I've seen Dr. Phil shows wants to have make like, a lot of money when it grows up yeah, yeah. okay
2: let's just stop alright that'll do it for <laughs> slices
1: stay tuned up next Matt Carney You're listening to Love Drug. The song is Dinosaur. It's their uh, brand new single and it's available on iTunes now if you want to check it out. Matt Carney is an artist out of Nashville who has so far had a total of four top 20 hits on the adult top 40 chart. He sold millions of records and toured with the likes of John Mayer, Sheryl Crow, Mute Math, Owl City, and the Helio sequence. His music has been featured on numerous TV shows and movie soundtracks. His new album just came out this week. It's called Young Love. Our very own Elise Gilligan recently spoke to him. Here is Matt Carney.
5: Singing. Hey, mama, don't want no drama just to kiss before I leave. Oh. Hey, lady, don't say maybe you're the one that I can believe. Oh. Hey, lover, don't want no other thing before my brain. Oh. Hey, mama, hey, hey, mama.
2: The first single from Young Love that's Hey Mama and it's definitely been a big success for you um, and so a lot of people are familiar with that song but I was wondering for you what particular songs on the album are you really excited about
6: um, I mean I love that song I, that was like Hey Mama was a really exciting one because it really helped steer the record um, I, I, instead of making like a traditional singer songwriter record that song happened when I sat down and I was like stomping and clapping and I made this like groove with claps in this 808 and I started dancing around the room just like writing this song about meeting my wife you know and it really like helped direct the record um into like the more programming like beat driven direction but then again I love like there's a song like ships in the night that I loved that's that way and another song chasing the light that I love The, the last song is really important to me it's called Rochester and it's like the song I wrote about my family and my grandfather and my dad and it's, it's probably
5: the most personal song I've ever it. I was born in Rochester to a bookmaking man. At a fake cigar shop with the games on in the back. See them coming and going, letting ride on thoroughbreds. Police chief and Tom are wondering what. Was the spread.
2: Now, when it comes to your faith, you tend to share it in your songs through stories rather than this direct or overt expression um, of your faith in God. And I was wondering why it is that you favor this storytelling approach when it comes to your songs.
6: I, I think it's, you know, part of the, the, the um, arena that I'm in and the arena I've been kind of placed in is is this popular general market pop culture thing and so i think i think like the way i love talking about my faith and the and is through my story because i think that's kind of what that's all we really have to work with sometimes you know i mean i think it's the most moving way to to share your story too is is what you know what you've seen and heard and tasted and felt and for me that's always been a really way that that you know if I'm kind of on the fringe, so it just kind of... It it supersedes the arguments and, like, debates, because it's just... I'm just telling you what I know and what I've seen and heard, and there's not really much argument to that. It's just, like, there's... And there's power in that if someone shares their story and what they know and what they've seen. And and so, for me, it's... Maybe it's the... I don't know if it's the path of least conflict or if it's just uh, the way that I've fallen into, but I guess it's what I've always... It's what I've always done Ever since I started writing in high school, I've always kind of started in a story and jumped to these big bigger metaphysical ideas, you know, in the daily mundane things of trying to not fight with your girlfriend or something, you know? Hard <laughs> to
5: know what you got or you're meant to be. Everything that you know goes fine. From Johnny O's couch to Gypsy Bus Island. Holding hands with people in life to walk away saying no goodbyes. And you keep saying that you're running down a dream, but you don't know where it leads
2: so the new album is out and you're going to have some touring coming up but what is next for you uh when do you think you'll be getting back in the studio and doing all of this again <laughs>
6: <laughs> hopefully not anytime real soon you know we just we just ended i'm enjoying to get out and play um and and just you know you gotta you gotta take time to live and breathe to so see you have something to write about that's that's coming from a genuine place you know uh, if there's anything I learned on this record was that um, the songs that come out of life that really resonate from the deepest places of you are the ones that that seem to stand up but the problem is, is there's got to be some time for those to come you know you can't force those songs to come they they come as you live and you listen and you you know meditate and you pray and you spend your time. Looking for those songs and, or, or waiting for them, really. And so that's the challenging part of what I do. You know, you can't just show up nine to five and you're guaranteed a good song comes. You know, some of the times, hardest I've worked for songs, they're the worst songs. And some of the songs that I fell out of the sky, you're like, this song existed before I had it. You know, they're the easiest songs. So I don't, I don't quite figured out how that all works yet.
5: It's just you and me Trying to find your life Like ships in the night ooh,
1: ooh. That was Matt Carney. You can check out his new album everywhere or at mattcarney.com. listening to tv on the radio the song is second song which ironically is fourth on the album (laughs)
0: actually i think it's first
1: is it first i really do think it's the first song so they are being funny okay uh it's playing right now on relevant fm you can actually catch the video over at relevant.tv well this weekend is the 10-year anniversary of an event that uh, shook our generation and probably will define our generation uh 9-11 Ibu Patel is a member of President Obama's uh, Advisory Council on Faith-Based Neighborhood Partnerships. He's an American Muslim of Gujarati Indian heritage and founder and president of the Interfaith Youth Corps, a Chicago-based international nonprofit that aims to promote interfaith cooperation. Since 9-11, Ibu has been advancing the message that 9-11 was a national tragedy that forced us to take a deep look at religious diversity and intolerance in our country. While the decade has been characterized by divisiveness covered in the media, there's also been a growing alternative narrative of interfaith cooperation, especially among young people. Moving forward, Ibu is helping to find creative ways of getting along across faith lines to solve many of the problems being faced. Our very own Ryan Ham recently spoke to him. Here is Ibu Patel.
7: When did you sort of realize that 9/11 had taken on almost this like religious metaphor? I'm not saying the metaphor was fair, but right. No, of course, of course. So, I think in in a somewhat counterintuitive way, when I watched President Bush take uh, a handful of really I I view uh, of of heroic steps right um one was going to a mosque and saying islam means peace uh, the other was uh saying uh, at a press conference that you know if if anybody in the united states goes after Arabs or Muslims or anybody who looks like Arabs or Muslims, you don't represent patriotism, you represent the worst of America and we will come after you with the full force of the law. I I watched that and I thought to myself, wow, first of all, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being presidential and heroic. Uh, And then, you know, there were a a series of things that happened over the next couple of weeks that again in encounter in, in, in other words it was it was the good stuff that I saw happening which gave me a sense of the, the religious metaphor and I think that because I saw so much positive stuff and I'll give you an example of this I happened to stop by a mosque to pray um, the Sunday after September 11th and uh, there were you know, a few dozen people at that mosque who didn't look like they normally went to that mosque. And I'm asked the imam, I'm like, you know, who are these people? And he said, well, they're from Christian Jewish groups in Chicago and they've heard that different mosques are being, you know, stoned and threatened. And so they've come here to show solidarity with us and be with us. And and for me, that was a huge part of the religious metaphor. Part of it was, uh, this was being framed religiously as Islam attacking America. And a part of it was uh, uh, the response to that, which is, no, you know, America is a nation where people from all backgrounds live in equal dignity and mutual loyalty, and we're going to stand up for our American neighbors. Uh, And right now, our American neighbors who pray in Arabic are the people we need to stand up for. Where do you see that the disconnect occurred from those first as you said heroic steps to uh sort of the i guess punditry for lack of a better word that took place over the next five to ten years uh so i see those heroic things happening all the time i, I uh they i think in the in the weeks after 9-11 those because the religious metaphor was so fresh and was still being uh uh still being presented we saw a whole range of different types of responses, you know. And of course, we could emphasize the responses of people of of, of the sick man who was killed in Arizona for right. for wearing a turban or resembling resembling a Muslim. Um, you know, we could emphasize over the last ten years uh, the the discourse of religious prejudice. Um, I run an interfaith organization that focuses on young people and college campuses and spreading the message of interfaith cooperation. And uh, I got to tell you. I see dozens of examples literally every day of people uh, viewing their faith as a bridge of cooperation and not a barrier of division. And so I think that we have, you know, broadly speaking, um, a couple of different responses as a society to 9-11. One is, you know, religion is a bludgeon. Uh, the second is religion as a barrier, and the third is religion as a bridge. And I, I'm inspired and I feel blessed to to be able to advance the movement of faith as a bridge. In, in your view, how can Christians and Muslims best work together without sacrificing any of, any of their personal convictions? I've I've spoken about this so much with my evangelical friends and learned a ton from them. And basically, it's we are all called to serve others. It is a central part of our religious traditions. Um, and I think that the way we the way we do interfaith work is that we serve others together, and we articulate what it is in our religions that inspires us to serve. And the wonderful thing about that is that. I get to hear you tell me about the inspiration you get from Jesus uh, in its fullness. and and as I listen to that, what i'm I'm, what I'm really learning about is you. and I'm learning about how you view your faith. and that's a that's a clear and inspiring window, but it doesn't take anything away from my inspiration to serve through the ethic of Islam and the Sunnah. Or the behavior of the example of the Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God be upon him. And as you listen to me talk about that, I, I hope that that you don't view it as taking anything away from your faith. Right, right. But instead, learning about how what it is that brings me to build that house, to tutor that child, to uh, serve in that community, and you know, I, you know Rick Warren and I have spoken about this, and he's like, listen, in Africa, um, you're not going to find a clinic or or a government building at the end of a dirt road in a village, but you're going to find a church or a mosque, with some frequency, both a church and a mosque, and if that church and that mosque don't spend their energies... You know, fighting each other, literally fighting each other, and instead spend their energies distributing malaria nets, uh, hosting uh, elementary school classes, um, training women to be nurses, this variety of things that are in the broad category of service and right in the center of what our religious traditions are about. Just think about how, how, how much the world could be improved. Want to say a thank you to evangelicals for your risk taking in interfaith cooperation, your leadership in it. Uh- you know, so many, uh, we work on college campuses at the Interfaith Youth Corps. And of course, evangelical groups from InterVarsity to uh, to Navigators to Campus Crusade, they're, they're really organized in college campuses. And, and frankly, they, they serve as models for a lot of other campus religious groups in terms of how they build community, in terms of how they model good character, in terms of how they do service work. And I have seen time and time again, leaders within those groups be in the vanguard of interfaith cooperation, uh, I went to the University of Illinois. You know, it's got a huge intervarsity community there, and you know, the the guy who led an interfaith project called a Million Meals for Haiti, and over five thousand people helped package over a million meals. Uh, to send to Haitians after the earthquake, he was an evangelical, and and it was his faith, and it was his the leadership qualities he acquired in evangelical circles, and it was his relationships with Muslims and Jews and Catholics and others that that helped him pull off a massive event that exemplified interfaith cooperation, and you know helped to ease the terrible burden of a traumatic event. And I just it, it's inspiring, so I want to thank thank your community for your leadership and, I think, some of the most important work of the 21st century.
1: That was Ibu Patel. Find out more about his organization at ifyc.org. You're listening to Veronica Falls. Hmm. And she says,
2: <laughs>
1: how, how long was that fall there, Cameron? Over a cliff.
4: Wow, yeah.
2: that was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> it
4: it's Wiley
3: Coyote style.
4: That's, I, I think you just proved why Maya does all the the, uh, the sound effects for this podcast.
1: That's <laughs> the chorus. I just sang the chorus of, the, her, yeah. of her song. <laughs> um, the song is called Bad Feeling. Hmm. See? Veronica Falls, she has a bad feeling. Yeah. She's going (laughs) to fall again. The video is playing right now on Relevant TV. See, what people maybe... Don't know is that as we record this, we Chad adds these music breaks in post production, so we don't actually hear them.
2: No idea. So, what this is like.
1: great music. Like, whenever I hear the finished podcast, I'm like, wow, that's a great song, and then we're sitting here, like, duh, duh, you yeah. know, like <laughs> making fun of their name. You know, it's like, no, that's great.
2: music. <laughs> well, that's their problem. They should have been named Bob Smith, and then Husky have Rescue. Nothing.
1: We went on for 10 minutes about Husky, <laughs> that's a band of Husky Kids, and it's actually great music. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Okay, so it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week we asked you. Uh, to tell us your failed stories of trying to impress the opposite sex, Pref- preferably when you're a child. But. You, seem, you seem to have a lot last week. Well, I, I, got, I got to thank Chad um, because he cut out as many of those <laughs> ad nauseum stories that was in the podcast. He cut out about three quarters of the ones that we actually said mm-hmm. on so he chose to leave in my skating rink and he chose to leave in my rollerblading but pretty much mm-hmm. all the other ones were gone mm-hmm. so i was very grateful and i got a lot of people from like uh like the midwest and like minnesota and north dakota going what uh i uh we rollerblade here right and I got a lot of that <laughs> too. It's, it's like still so popular i'm like going to roller roller rinks I mean I know that like New York sets trends and like you know the rest of the country follows but apparently
2: we haven't gotten the rollerblade one again yet
1: no 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 I think they have never lost the rollerblade they're like, just oh. getting it the first time <laughs> they're getting on it. the first wave they're really into swing dancing right they're now they're like <laughs> what are
2: hacky sack and
1: pogs <laughs> yeah swing dancing hit. don't yeah, no worry in count- a couple of years pogs will be huge there counting crows is playing like all the biggest state <laughs> fairs parts of know. the midwest are like be- Canada people just- love friends right now they're
3: yeah. like people <laughs> they're not- right now are a cliffhanger
1: with Ross and Rachel. (laughs) Yes, 15 years. Will they or
3: won't (laughs) they? Yeah.
1: Uh. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your very long stories there. There are a lot of them. Holy cow. Holy cow. Um, uh, here's a few of our favorites. Um,
4: keeping with the theme of uh, Christian uh, skating events uh, that you talked about last week, Joshua Horn says, this is actually about my wife. So you know it's going to be great because mm-hmm. he's not telling a story about himself. He says she's famous for her mistreatment of boys she liked when she was young. <laughs> and this story is one of her more famous ones. When she was in middle school, she used to attend Christian Skate Night at the local skating rink. There was a guy she liked who also liked her and they both knew they liked each other. So everyone was skating and goofing off and the guy had been particularly nice to her. Well, apparently this made her feel awkward. So at, ran, uh, so at random, as he was standing on skates on the rink floor with some other kids, my wife skates over to the guy, grabs his hair, and slings him down to the rink floor and what? skates off. War derby. Oddly enough, he did not quit liking her after this occurrence. <laughs> to this day, she doesn't know why she decided to do that. She wasn't angry. She just did it. <laughs> well, wow. I, I,
3: what did is she, is she do to get Is this awkward
4: assault stories? <laughs> You know what's awesome, though, is like when you're at a certain age, I mean, the way that you show affection is violence, mm-hmm. is chasing and punching and ridicule and pulling of hair. And that usually right? lasts to your, till your mid-30s. At least. <laughs> right. At least. We're all hoping to grow out of it. Right. Um Starvan D
3: says that um he went on a long distance 19 hour trip from Pennsylvania to Florida to kind of surprise a girl. They had a long distance relationship going and things started to fizzle. So he thought the best way to reignite this passion is for me to drive 19 hours and surprise her by visiting her. Well, somehow uh, almost to the end of the trip, uh he found out that she now had a boyfriend. And he had to turn oh. back and drive all the way home. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one from Jack Savage, um, which that's, is a great name. No, it's
1: not; it can't be a real name. Mark Sanchez <laughs> Rodin. Yeah. in, right, "Yeah, Jack Savage." Well,
3: uh, Jack Savage is 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 another guy who tried to impress a. A uh, convertible full of girls from his school. He was at Anderson University. Um, He had just come. uh, He was just riding a sixty-mile-long bike ride, which is pretty impressive by itself. But of course, the girls had no long how had had no idea, no way of knowing how long he had just ridden. So he sees the convertible full of girls from his school, and he decides that he will try to ride to keep up with them. And as he's riding to keep up with them, he decides that'd be pretty cool to do some wheelies. Um, So uh, he's doing this, looking over, flirting with him, and suddenly (laughs) looks up to realize that the light at the intersection coming up has turned red. So he slams on his brakes, (laughs) but he he, he was wearing those clipless shoes where your feet are clipped into the pedals. And in the shock of the moment, (laughs) uh, he couldn't pull his foot out in time and ended up falling connected to the bike right in front of the convertible and had some trouble getting up. So he said he just laid there on the side of the The road, hoping the light would turn and drive away. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, uh, the light stayed red for a little while and they laughed very hard. Oh. No,
1: no, no. He said, he said, they laughed so hard, drove off, and I never had the nerve to say anything to them that whole year. Oh. So. That's, well, what would you say? I know. that You're done. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, hey, thanks, thanks for checking for on yeah, me. It exactly. turns out my
3: arm wasn't broken. Yeah.
1: Hey, I got some insane tickets. Yeah. Wanna... They, hey, when you guys were
3: laughing at me in the convertible, good news, the head injury wasn't that bad. <laughs> All right. This is, a, this is a similar story that that is true. So I was in college and I was, in, I was I was driving with a guy who had like a Jeep with like one of those big brush guards on it, you know? Yeah. Like it's totally unnecessary. Like what do you ever, like Who who's off-roading to the extent that they need one of those? So anyway, we're driving down like a really busy street that's like stop and go where a lot of people go to like kind of cruise in, and this is in Tulsa. And so there's a car full of girls driving next to us and there's four guys in the Jeep and we're all looking over kind of doing what college guys do, kind of flirting back and forth with them and we're staying even with them. And the driver of the car, my buddy Tyler, looks over and he's like starting to flirt with him too. And we, none of us see the car in front of us stop. Oh Oh, no. And so we're looking at the girls laughing, (laughs) laughing, flirting, and then wham! I mean, we, Tyler didn't even touch the brake. I mean, he plowed this car in front of us so hard. And we see their faces first at shock, (laughs) you know, but it's still relatively low speed, you know. Uh, it's first at shock and then dying laughter and their lane just keeps going, and they drive away laughing. Well, the the, the poor guy that we his car we hit uh, after the girls drove away. It was this old like hoopty, you know. And when and when the brush guard hit it, like Tyler's jeep was fine, but it obliterated the guy's <laughs> trunk. The <laughs> trunk pops open, and he's got like thirty old license plates in there. Ooh. What? And so the cops pull us over, and it turns out this guy had. Uh, had a lot of tickets that he had gotten that were unpaid for, and he kept switching out his license plate with the old license plate. So That's he actually awesome. got in a lot of trouble that night. <laughs> and the awkward part of the night was they impounded his car for legal reasons, <laughs> so he needed a ride home. <laughs> oh, you did not. No. You did not. And so we're like, all right, well, jump in the jeep. And he wasn't even really that mad. He, and all the way home, this dude, this is okay, first he had some this guy was amazing. He had the most amazing surgery. First, he said that he <laughs> that he worked for direct TV, right? And he goes, no, I do service calls. It's a great job, man. He goes, one time, I promise you, I'm sitting there. The phone rings, and it has the caller ID, customer name, Reeves, comma, Keanu. He goes, I troubleshooted Keanu Reeves' DirecTV on the phone with him. No lie, dude. So he's super pumped, which is a great story. And then he's like, we're on the ride home. And we had been, you know, this whole ordeal takes a long time with all the police paperwork and stuff. He's
4: in the car with you, and he's like, did you see those girls back?
3: there.
4: <laughs> we got to you know, catch goes, up with him.
3: This is what this is what he said. He goes uh he goes, "Man, he's like, I just got he's like, I'm not worried about the car, man. I got some really good business ideas that I'm thinking of starting." He's like, "I got an idea for a shoe company." It's called Issues. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And we're like, well, that's cool. And he's like, well, listen to this, man. Here's a commercial. This guy runs out in front of traffic and a taxi cab stops and it zooms in on his shoes. And the taxi, the taxi cab driver's like, bro, what's your problem? And the guy's like, nothing. I got issues, man. And it <laughs> zooms in on his shoes. Wow. And that was his whole idea for the shoe company. <laughs> that's great. But to oh, be man. fair, the guy that's did nice talk idea. to Keanu Reeves one time.
4: Right, right. He has that going for him.
1: Wow. Well, there's a lot more stories where those came from. I don't know if there's any more Keanu Reeves, DirecTV, Installer stories, yeah. but uh, go over to the podcast episode page from last week at relevantmagazine.com and you can uh, read the rest and add your own. Uh, we actually have uh, one of our listeners uh, call, wanted to call in to tell us his story of uh, epic failure trying to impress the opposite <laughs> sex. Uh, so on the line we have Ryan Hinkle. Welcome. Hey-o. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Hay- Dude, you are
8: ready to go, man. <laughs> yes, I am.
1: Where are you hey uh, us from?
8: I am in Thousand Oaks, California, just a little bit north of Los Angeles. Have we talked
1: to you before? No, we talked to somebody from uh, Redding, California. Yeah. Uh, they have oak yes.
4: trees
8: there, but it's different. That <laughs> is very far away.
1: This is a thousand oaks. Right. Yep. There's yes. literally a thousand oaks. Exactly where he lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
8: I will say that you guys have talked to um, one of my friends, Matt Larson, before. He's the one who kind of gave you guys the idea of getting Jesse in on Skype. Oh, did he? I'm pretty yeah. sure that wow. was our idea. I have, tell him I appreciate his suggestion.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I have a friend that thought of this idea for the magazine, oh, yeah. relevant. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: He
2: apparently thought it, we weren't good enough without Jesse. It's like seriously. Yeah,
1: you guys need to have Jesse Skype him yeah. in. That's yeah. awesome. This if is, I'm uh, ever
3: there in Thousand Oaks, I will I will buy this Matt Larson
1: fellow a coffee or something. Okay, good. With his podcast <laughs> riches, <Merry laughs> <full dessert. laughs> yeah. um, take this kid. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you have a story of epic failure.
8: Yes, I do. Uh, so, back when I was a junior in high school, um, I was kind of friends with this girl that I was interested in being more than friends with. Uh, she went to a all-girl Catholic school in the area, um, and at that school, they have graduation obviously is the number one big deal. The number two big deal is this thing called the Junior Ring Ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, it's largely populated by all the families, and then each girl gets to invite one friend. Um, now is it so, a friend or is it kind of a more than friend thing? In this case, I was hoping it was more than a friend thing. Uh, and what's the junior ring ceremony about? I'm assuming it has something to do with abstinence. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't really know. Okay. And as we okay. get into the story, not important. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. so, um, so she gave me the, the one friend invite, uh, about a month in advance. This, so, I was feeling pretty good about pretty the situation. Exclusive yeah, you're the situation. plus one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, and I had been over, I had dinner with their family a few times. So, her parents were comfortable with me being there and everything was fine. Uh, so, about a week and a half before, I got really sick. Um, and uh, they had done a bunch of tests to me. They actually thought that I had tuberculosis, um, but it ended up just being some really weird kind of bronchitis. Um, mm-hmm. And I had 104 fever for about three days straight leading up to the junior ring ceremony. Um, but to show uh, my strength and vigor as a potential mate, uh, I decided. <laughs> well, you took this serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is a, the
3: junior ring dance is, is a prelude only to marriage.
1: Yeah. Yes. And their parents, her parents, really wanted to see your strength and vigor as a potential mate. It's the two qualities I'm looking for when
4: someone comes strength and vigor. When a gentleman uh, caller comes uh-huh. a calling, he will fight any sort of disease for my daughter. Yeah. Any sort of disease, uh-huh. including yeah, his own. Even to tub- yeah, son, if you get tuberculosis, how
3: bad, how hard will you fight it? Will you go to events? <laughs>
1: We all watched Tombstone. We saw Doc Holliday fight through to you know be there for his friend. Wasn't that Michael yeah, J. I, Fox? L- 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 listen, I've played Oregon Trail. I know what tuberculosis
3: can yeah. do.
8: And, d- and dysentery when I ford the river. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, I uh, always forded the river. Oh, heck yeah. You think I'm sitting here for two days using my supplies? Ford the river.
1: <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Is yeah. this a video game reference? What are you talking about? Cowboys and aliens. Oregon Trail.
3: Oh. I don't Oregon know. Trail. And you get you get like you get like, you know, in your computer class, like in elementary school, it's like a history game. It's oh, called Oregon right, Trail. Right, right. Every, all the time I you get about that. ten minutes in and you realize this is super boring. I'm going back to the old trading post, loading up on ammo, and I'm going on a three hour buffalo hunt.
2: <laughs> <What the laughs> fuck? You ever played that? No. Did, I did, yeah. I are we it. having
4: is this the same story? Are we All still right.
2: talking about the All same thing? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's so, let Ryan finish. So his, him and his I'm future glad Ryan
1: wife.
4: gets the
3: reference, though. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: All right.
3: <laughs> uh, All right we got a fellow go. Oregon Trail player so, on the So line. where
1: we left off is Amen. you wanted to show your strength and vigor as a potential mate.
8: Yeah. So I decided to still go, anticipating that I would be able to just sit in the back, uh, mind my, my own business, and still... Uh, I don't know, get her to like me just by showing up or something like that. Um, So it turns out that when I got there, I found out that her parents are some of the biggest donors to this school. And because of that, they gave them uh, kind of the seat of honor, uh, front row center. Um, and they had saved me a seat in between the two parents, which was kind of interesting. (laughs) Um, but we were sitting right in front of the stage and every one of the 200 girls that were in the junior class of the school, uh, were sitting right on the stage looking at me sweating profusely with my 104 fever. Um, so that was, uh, not the fun part, um, so then the priest of the school comes up and uh, says that as part of the tradition of the junior ring ceremony, they do a full Catholic mass before, <laughs> uh, which involved lots of sitting, standing, kneeling, mm-hmm. praying, bowing, uh, not chants, creeds, all that kind of stuff. So um, about three quarters of the way through, um, we were doing some prayer where we we're all supposed to be standing and holding hands. <laughs> so I had her dad's hand and her mom's hand, uh, which was, again, kind of weird. Uh, and so we're standing there. I'm looking up at the priest, and I start to see my whole world like start to black out. Um, so it's kind of slow. I see it's coming. So I start to sit down, um, and then right when I decide to, to sit down, I completely faint and go most of the way unconscious. So I fall back into my, uh, metal folding chair, which slides into an 80 year old lady's <laughs> legs behind me, uh, <laughs> bruising them pretty bad. Um, and then from there, I fell flat on my face on the, the, the gym floor. Um, and the, the really traumatic part was that, um, I guess when I fainted, I clenched onto both of their hands really tight. <laughs> and uh so the dad almost fell over, but the bad part was that I, I actually injured uh the mom's shoulder because of uh the force of me tugging her down. Um and then Well, you are uh, full of vigor. <laughs> yeah. And
4: strength. I think you proved You should have toned down the vigor. No.
8: <laughs> I think you proved plenty of strength and vigor. Yeah. So um the really, the really bad thing was that... Wait, that uh, wasn't the really bad thing. Okay. The, not yeah, the, easy,
3: the easily br- uh, bruisable old woman, the, <laughs> the mom with the now shoulder condition,
8: the face plant. I want to hear the bad thing. Yeah, now, now comes the, the selfish me uh, bad side of it where apparently I wasn't all the way unconscious. And so the whole time I was talking to everybody uh, kind of, I guess, in gibberish saying that um, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I was trying to pick myself up and play it off like it was a cool situation the whole time. Um, and it. they told me that it looked kind of like a fish out of water where I was just kind of flailing around for a couple oh seconds. Um, so that was pretty incredible. Uh, and so when I actually came to, I was. they had sat me back up in the chair um, and had already got me some orange soda. I don't really understand that part. <laughs>
2: Um, Wait, sugar, maybe I thought you were diabetic Does anyone have yeah, an orange have.
8: crush? <laughs> does anyone have an orange crush? <laughs> makes they sense They pull out the first aid kit that has orange crush Yeah, it makes it it. sense Wow. Yeah. wow. So um, everybody had stopped All the girls and all the families Were kind of surrounding me thinking that something terrible Had happened uh, And I kept on trying to play it off uh, And making no big deal about it But then um, They finished the service uh, Every All the girls got their purity rings i guess um and then after the event there was a little bit of a uh like coffee thing afterwards and this girl that i was there for uh wouldn't come anywhere near me um <laughs> it turns out that she was uh angry at me for stealing the spotlight <gasps> from her what yeah that's yeah. The, you can't steal the purity spotlight pretty right yeah. Yeah. pretty
2: sure
1: uh and she today is mrs hinkle yeah. <laughs> yeah
8: uh no thank you not at all. yeah wow wow yeah that is a- so that so that's it uh it just kind of kept on getting better and better any update on the mom's rotator cuff <laughs> <laughs> she didn't require she surgery to her- seriously treated uh, oh. but she did uh Pop a lot of Tylenol for the next couple of weeks. Really, bad so her her,
3: her, soft, her women's softball league <laughs> career ended that night. <laughs> she no, she's a,
1: a terrible addiction to painkillers. <laughs> you know, she was actually in a bad place. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks for calling in,
8: Ryan. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having okay, me. Thanks, for the thanks, story. man. See you. Bye.
1: Okay, that's it for your feedback. Now it's time for this week's... Editorial
8: question of the week. Hey.
1: Okay, well, you know, over the last few months, Maya's slice preparation has been inconsistent what? What? inconsistent <laughs> it's there some weeks and some weeks you forget we're doing the podcast i oh
4: i do have to jump in here i, I was the one that showed up with a faulty slice this week all right so so though maya has been inconsistent we've all been inconsistent. I, I, you
2: don't even bring one hey, i
4: did i'm consistent in that though <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you i didn't hit it past the ladies tees today when it came to my slice <laughs> so i brought a slice that involved a woman breastfeeding, and I and while she was driving, and I I didn't see the fact that you
2: didn't see anything wrong with that a baby
4: in the lap while she was driving. <laughs> yeah. You know, is probably
1: good. not a good idea. We, we were talking on the break that it was hilarious to us that Josh was all ready to have this like rant about I women. Just, and I miss the natural beauty. Yeah, the, come on. Like, why are you condemning breastfeeding? It's like, yeah, we ladies. aren't condemning yes. It's the driving while holding the trial. Yeah,
4: I don't. I don't know why that had escaped me. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I just before we throw Maya under the bus, I got it. No, I we're not throwing Maya say, under the bus. We're not. Okay. She owns it. She okay. owns up to okay. it. It's All fine. Right.
1: Okay. But 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 the listeners have gotten concerned, and so they have been very mm-hmm. proactively hitting your Facebook, hitting your email, mm-hmm. hitting your Twitter, sending you suggestions. I've been getting Twitter s- or slice suggestions and stuff. Right. So we thought maybe it's time once again to have the question of the week be: send us your best slice. So uh, we did this, I think, one other time in the last year, and it was really great. Uh, You gave us a lot of material, and uh, you guys found some bizarre stuff that we we didn't. So we want you to go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and uh, and, and, and post the best story, slice story, there that you can find yeah sounds good you know what and with uh, like Ryan uh, calling in I, I think this would be a great one for people to call in and deliver their slice Yep. Ooh. yeah 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 so maybe may, chops maybe even we'll bring <laughs> it up into the slices in session. Oh if it's that good wow yeah. oh. so there if you want to if you want to deliver your slice on the podcast uh, post your Skype name on your reply and we'll get in touch with you or you can email us at podcast at relevant magazine.com. dot
2: so. do all the work for us
1: yeah basically we just want to phone it in next week yeah yeah
0: We want you to entertain us. Any editors out there (laughs) feel like editing some of these? Any
1: bands want to just send us some live recordings? That'd be great. Well, on that note, we will uh, wrap it up. Many thanks to Matt Carney for talking to us. You can check out his brand new album, Everywhere, uh, or find out more at mattcarney.com. It's one T Mm -hmm. and it's K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, mattcarney.com. Also, thanks to Ibu Patel for talking to us. How do you spell that? If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna spell Matt Carney, I, y- E B O O, uh, okay, P A T E L, eboo Patel, just like it sounds. Yes, <laughs> um, you can find out more about his organization, the Interfaith Youth Corps, uh, at ifyc.org. I'm Cameron Strang.
2: I'm Maya Strang.
1: I'm Josh Luan Lovelace. I'm Jesse Carey. And that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. I'm going to throw away
3: this marijuana. Who's with me?